Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Train, Eat, Repeat. Tyler and Andrea here. Hello. So we have exciting news for you guys. We uh, finished the Celery Green Tea Contest. Um, So we do have our winners. We will be in contact with you guys. Thank you so much to all of you that wrote reviews, Mm -hmm. gave us a review on Tagged Friends, friends, got the word out about this awesome podcast that Mm -hmm. we know everybody's going to love. Yes, of course. Why Why wouldn't wouldn't you want to listen to it? (laughs) So um, can't thank you guys enough. You will be contacted directly um, and get your shirt size and then we will ship it out to you. Um, and if you're interested in purchasing a celery green tea, we still have some available. A, how can I purchase a lovely celery green tea? All you have to do is reach out to either Andrea or I. Um, you can do it through Facebook, do it through Instagram, just send a direct message. Um, and maybe we can also talk about your goals too. You know, I mean, if you're going to rock the why shirt, not? you got to live the lifestyle, yeah, right? Why not? Um, so today's topic, uh, we had I touched on it just briefly last week when we were talking about why weight loss is so hard. And it got me to thinking, um, and we actually mentioned too, like, you know, one of the things that's great about weight loss is losing it, but then also being able to maintain it long term. Mm-hmm. But behind the scenes, there's a lot more that goes into your ability to make it a lifestyle and, and maintain it. And especially for women, which the majority of our clients are women, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things that tends to come up more times than not is your priorities change, obviously, as you get older, mm-hmm. you start having kids, your mm-hmm. job, um, you know, you're life running a family, yeah. life gets in mm-hmm. the way. And that's majority of the times what that's what we hear from clients mm-hmm. and, and potential clients is like, I don't have enough time to make this a lifestyle. Sure. And I think you're a perfect example of somebody who's been able to maintain a healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that you're a trainer, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. Whenever somebody says, well, you're a trainer, so it's easy for you. It is not easy. Oh, I, but I think it's an, I think it's a, something that runs in my family. My sister's very similar to how I am, and she's not in the fitness industry either. So Right. Yeah. Exactly. So because no matter who you are, I would even argue if you're in the fitness industry and this is not a woe is me situation, it's harder. Oh, I 100%. Because the expectations say, yes. are that much higher that you live that lifestyle, yes, right? I, but, there's more of a demand, yes. Yes, but it's not necessarily hard because I know that I feel my best, which is also why we want to share this information with you guys. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I want Andrea, or actually I coaxed her into, she, <laughs> she's, she doesn't do real good about talking about herself, even though she's pretty great. But what I wanted her to do was take her through her journey um, and in and her journey in terms of having kids and how her priorities have changed mm-hmm. and how she found her true motivation to not only lose the weight, get in great shape, but be able to carry this body mm-hmm. that she's had and, and, you know, sort of lifestyle for the last, you know, what, 14 years or mm-hmm. so. Mm hmm. Maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, without yeah. further ado, <laughs> okay. So, um, so I am in my mid forties, and I'm a mom of two. My oldest is seventeen; he will be eighteen in a month, and my youngest is fourteen. And I would say um, the fitness journey started probably after my second, my youngest was born. So, Reese was born, and I was on uh, probably a good chunk. So, it was six months of bed rest. So. I was actually 
active before Reese. I was I was always like a runner, but it was only like maybe three miles here, three miles there. It wasn't as a as active as I was afterwards. So after I had Reese, I like uh, it was six months and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't sit up for more than two hours. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. So it was you know very much bed rest. What did that do to your mindset? <laughs> having to sit around for six months yes. and you're forced in this case. Like yes. a lot of the people we talk to, they it's, it's the lifestyle that they have built mm-hmm. out of you mm-hmm. know, either, you know, I don't want to say necessity, but they don't realize just how different their life mm-hmm. has changed. But sure. for you mentally being on six months better, what did that do? Well, I'm not one that sits still anyway. So, um, it was it was long. It, I watched almost every season change. I went on bed rest in fall, went through the winter, and came out almost in spring. So it was it was a long time. Um, it was reading was boring, watching TV was boring. Everything was just so mundane. But um, depression. At, it, it was a depression, but it was, I knew I was doing it for a reason. You know, my end goal was to cook my baby a little bit longer each time. The reason I was on bed rest, I had given birth to Parker and he was extremely early. He was um, only at 24 weeks. So he was really early. So to make sure that didn't happen again, that's why they put me on such a strict bed rest. So it, it, I knew the end light, the end goal that, you know, my baby was going to cook longer and I was going to have a healthy baby. So that was the motivation behind it. So I was able to see through that. So uh, had Reese and, um, you know, with any new mom, you can't do anything for a certain amount of time, you know, six to eight weeks until the doctor clears you. And the doctor cleared me. He's like, you can go ahead and, and start, you know, doing normal activity again. And I, you know, I was over, I was super excited. I'm like, great. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to start working out. Well, it, it had been, I would say a good year year and a half since I'd worked out. So I was really starting from, you know, ground zero. So I started walking, started, you know, a little bit of running here and there and, you know, started that journey down the road. I didn't really get into lifting that much. I just did more focusing on the running because I wanted to get that weight off. Well, that's kind of like what you knew yeah. up until that yeah. point, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Lifting it's my never comfort been a part zone. of your... Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I started, uh, my my motivation at the time was it was uh, more of a physical demand. I, I wanted to look back to normal. I wanted to be, feel back to normal and get into my clothes that I was in. Um, How but, long did that motivation last? That having that sort of like, I don't want to say that your sure. motivation was surface mm-hmm. level, yeah, obviously. It, it was. But, it was. <laughs> but how long did that last for you? I would say it only lasted for maybe, I would say maybe a couple of months. Um, I started to see a little bit of change, but I I found inside me how much I needed that outlet and that stress relief that that time gave me. And I'm very selfish with my my gym time and my run time. Like, um, I, I'm very selfish with it now because it's my it's my so church, so to speak. It's my time to turn off the noise, turn off the world, and focus on whatever I need to focus on. And I've always used that time to make a big decision, to you know, figure out some things like that. I'm jumping ahead though, but so, no, that's yeah. good though. Yeah. So, 
Uh, and that and that really gets down to like your deep rooted oh, why, yeah. like it being your outlet, your anchor. Um, you'll hear the Rock talk about how mm-hmm. he, that's his anchor for mm-hmm. his day after even after a sixteen hour day, mm-hmm. he'll go and do a workout. Totally agree. Feels better. Absolutely. After. It's it's one thing that I, I was not in a very uh, healthy state of mind. Uh, you know, being a mom, um, you're you're torn in so many different directions, and you're running a household, you're working a full time career, you have a husband at home as well, so you're you're managing so many different things. And I was not, I didn't have anything for myself. And a lot of new moms do lose their identity when this happens. And I see it over and over. And I empathize with them because I totally understand where they're at. You just lose yourself and you don't, you don't know how to get it back. So you just go through the motions. You just wake up, get the kids ready, do this, do that, whatever, you know. And then the next thing you know, you wake up X amount of years, possibly later. Yes. But I didn't want to lose my identity. I didn't want to lose that one piece of me because I felt so good after I did my workout, after I did my exercises. And I knew that even if my world went to crap that day, or if it was just, I could just turn off, just give me 30 minutes, let me go for a run, and I'll be a much, I'll be a better mom, I'll be a better wife, I'll be a better homemaker, a better career person, something like that. So in that case, your sort of surface level goal of wanting to look better, that started to wane, which we see all uh-huh. too common, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, and it doesn't mean it's not a bad goal, but no, it, I, it's it's part yeah. of the journey, yeah, right? Yeah. And then your anchor piece and being able to not just lose weight, not just look the way that you mm-hmm. wanted, um, but also to be able to be a good mom mm-hmm. and to have energy mm-hmm. and to be less irritable mm-hmm. and all of those things that play into that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I would say, um, and I, we have we hear our excuse a lot of times. I don't have time. You know, my kids have this and this and this, and I and I get that. I I do. Because my kids are still going in two different directions, you know, till this day and age. But if that means I have to get up early or I have to sacrifice my time sitting in front of the TV at night, you know, then I do that because I know that I need that just mentally, not just physically to get me through the day. Now, uh, we we sort of skipped over the the elephant (laughs) in the room, but how much weight did you gain over the course of your your bed rest? So I I am 5'2", so I'm tiny. Um, I was probably around 120 when I got pregnant. And when I had my youngest, I was probably around maybe just under 200. Okay. So like 190-ish. Sure. And on a five-two frame, it's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of weight. Well, and all the more reason why you had to come back slow. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And coming back, I mean, uh, and any new mom will totally get this. You have the baby, and you're like, oh my god, my, you know, the stomach is is going down, and I'm working hard, and you go to try on those jeans you wore before. And you can't get them up over your hips. And you're like, but why? <laughs> Every, everyone has that. But you have to keep going and know that you will get there. It is a slow process. It takes time. Um, and it takes a lot of mental energy to get that determination to get you. I would wake up at 4.30 and go and go to the gym, do my run, and then come home and get everyone ready to go. And that was, I had to do it. I had to do it because if I didn't do it, then I knew that I wasn't going to get there. But that was, that was the one piece of my life that I could, I could have control over. Sure. 
And so in terms of figuring out that bottom line why, the anchor that's there, it, it shaped a lot of your habits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, does that mean that you're, you're tended to focus less on the body changing and the body changing ended up being a byproduct mm-hmm. of all the things that you were doing? Absolutely. I was going to say um, the losing weight and my body getting back to where I wanted it to be was a byproduct of what how much I needed that mentally. Mm-hmm. And then the next step was my nutrition. Um, now that I had a handle on my exercise, I really wanted to understand what my nutri- what was going on with my nutrition. And unfortunately, after I had my youngest, I developed some type of allergy towards animal protein and I got violently ill. So I had to really figure out what I could eat and what I couldn't eat. And I know I could have peanut butter and chips and salsa. And those were the two <laughs> foods that I knew that I could it eat at like that time. It sounds like the grazer that you are. <laughs> right? <laughs> not, not a whole lot has changed since then. So I had to really understand. So I I started with the doctor and, you know, talked to the doctor. And he said, you need to, you know, eat more fiber. And I was like, okay, well, I don't I don't understand that. And so then I, I started to do my own research and I started to do a food journal. And I would write down what I would eat and how I would feel. And I still noticed it was probably every two weeks I was getting really, 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 really sick, so sick that I couldn't go into work. So I finally was looking at my food journal. I said, you know, I'm just going to cut out meat because I'm not a big meat eater. It's not something that I look forward to. I never was a big meat eater. So I started there. I said, okay, I'm just going to cut out meat. And I started there. And it was... Because you had felt symptoms potentially after eating it. And it wasn't a big staple in your diet already anyway. Yep, absolutely. Like I I journaled everything. And I just said, you know, this is the one thing I'm just going to cut it out. So I did. And it was life altering. I felt so much better. And I started to do more research on vegetarian and vegan and um, those lifestyles and how how to eat and how to get all the nutrition that you need to get and all the protein and everything that you have to have. And it's a very different way of, of eating. And when I had at the time, I had three meat eaters at home. Um, so I was making two separate meals, you know, for each thing. And that was fine because I knew that I was feeling better with it. Which is always a big juggling act that we mm-hmm. hear from our clients yeah. is, well, I understand that I'm supposed to be reshaping my diet and my habits, but my you know family members might not necessarily be on board with that. And so now you're having to make right. multiple meals. But the one thing that the positive that came out of that, not just that I felt better and I was eating better foods, that my my two boys were more interested in what was on my plate hmm. and wanted to eat more of what was on my plate. And I will say my oldest is in the um, diet of, you know, pizza, you know, chicken nuggets. He's a typical 17-year-old yes, boy. Yes, totally, yeah. you know. But my youngest is more, um, he was more uh, engaged early on with different vegetables and hummuses and um, eating more of a vegetarian lifestyle. He likes my food better because it is flavorful. It is, it's different flavors that you get. It's not, it's not, you know, your normal meat and potatoes kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I will say that this is a positive thing. So people that are trying to juggle the different meals, it's not a bad thing to put what you're eating on your 
kids' plates because mm-hmm. they will then open up their palates. And I will say that my youngest's palate is probably a lot more diverse than a lot of other 14-year-olds. Well, definitely more diverse than what I what my palate mm-hmm. was at 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've shared before that I ate yeah. meat and cheese sandwiches. Yeah, he was my oldest. <laughs> all the, all, all, yeah. yeah, I was on the Parker diet yeah. um, all the way up until, you know, I started getting into my adult years mm-hmm. after college and everything. Mm-hmm. And now my palate's starting to expand and mm-hmm. it just opens up that whole realm. So, so just to, to recap so mm-hmm. far, yeah. <laughs> you were put on bed rest, mm-hmm. typically active individual, but you know, typically it was like, it was, it was there for your, like your outlet. You didn't mm-hmm. know that maybe at the time, but it was mm-hmm. told you got to sit in a bed for six That's months, nice. gain 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. No, excuse me. 80 pounds. Yep. Right. Yeah. Compared to 120s, 200 pounds. Yeah. Mentally, like we just went through the season of COVID where everybody was forced to stay oh, yeah. inside, it's right? Totally. So basically, was, you yeah. went through a COVID period, yep. slightly shorter than. But when, everyone else got to live their life, <laughs> right? You had to watch everybody else yeah. so have, having fun and yeah. eating good food and all yeah. those things. You're and and so just the toll mentally, but then also physically on your body. Mm-hmm. Then you get out of it, you get mm-hmm. released, you have Reese. Yep. And now all of a sudden, boom! I can't even eat the way I used to eat. <laughs> right. And I got to figure that out. How in the world did you not just want to throw up the gloves and say, I'm done? You know, I, and I don't, I, I want to go back uh, for a minute because I was on bed rest. And I, my, my end goal was to have that healthy baby. You know, of course, that's, I would do whatever I had to do to make sure I had a healthy baby. Um but then after having him and, and not being able to eat and, and, you know, trying to fit into clothes, it was, it was like one punch after another. And it was, it's extremely frustrating when you have any kind of digestive issues, people with Crohn's, colitis, those kind of things. I, I feel for you because it is so depressing and so stressful and taxing that it, it creates an anxiety. And I would say that it's one that I still deal with today that um, I get nervous uh, when we're invited to people's homes to have meals because my my sensitivity is so is so strong or so high that if you use one spoon to pick up steak and you use another one to pick up the vegetables I can't I can't use that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so I, I get nervous because I don't want to have an episode at someone's home or, you know, mm-hmm. get thrown back into it because it is like a three day recovery process, you know, kind of thing. So it is it is a very um, taxing, very, very much of an alone feeling because no one else feels that way. And no one else. And uh, even if the somebody else does feel that way, it's not like people share those right. things. It's, right. It's not something you talk about. And I wasn't able to express that emotion. I didn't have that support um, in my life like I do now. Um, so it's ve- it was very alone. And it, so it was like, okay, well, no one else is going to figure it out except me. And the doctors couldn't figure it out. They still to this day can't figure it out. So, you know, I, I took matters in my own hands and I will say I don't I don't push the way I eat to anyone else, but I do talk about the benefits and how much it has made me feel so 
good on the inside mm-hmm. and giving me fuel that I feel like I have better endurance than I ever did before. She still like, kicks my butt on runs, <laughs> so I can attest to that. I don't. I'm like, why are you so fast? I have like way longer legs, 27 and a half inches compared to 35 inches, and she kicks my butt. No. But, but I think that goes back to your point, and you've said this before in the podcast, is that you want people to be their own advocate. Mm-hmm. And that yep. is every single example you've just given – yeah, like you did some research and you you mm-hmm. sought out the professional help and things like that. At the end of the day, it was a lot of trial and error. Absolutely. It was a lot of uh, painstaking roads, you know, uh, yeah. blocks in the road that yeah. you had to come across. Mm-hmm. And so many people that we talk to that feel like it can't be done. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that your situation is harder right. than anyone else's. Right. Everyone has their own but, situation. Yes. You have to go through trials in order to build endurance. You do. Like, it's just fact. And I will say that, um, and we get a lot, uh, like you said, women is our demographic. Um, New moms, kids, you know, moms that have kids that are younger is our demographic. I've been there, and I do know when you say, I don't have time, and I know you feel overwhelmed, but you do have time. You do have time to make for yourself. That's the one thing that we say, make time for yourself. You put yourself first, because if you don't, you won't be a good mom, you won't be a good partner, you won't be a good coworker, you won't be a good friend. You are allowed to have a selfish hour to yourself, and you can find that somewhere in the day. It might not be the same time every day, but you can find it. I guarantee you can find it. If I could find it, I've been where you are. And I'm, and mind you, like I said, my hour is my selfish time. And and it's, it's non-negotiable. It really is a non-negotiable. Yeah. And so important to try and schedule that out. Obviously, it's better if you can try and make it the same time because that's mm-hmm. how habits yep. are built. Yep. Um, so so take me through. So you said you were a runner prior to, uh-huh. went through this whole experience, had to revamp the diet. Yep. How did the, the training piece start to change? Because you were a runner before, not that running's bad by any means. We run like three days a week. Right. But then the transition towards uh, strength training, what that did for for your body, and and sure. what has done since then. Sure, uh, I I would say that I I fell I fell in love with strength training in the sense that I, you know I, I could do the running. You put one foot in front of the other and you go, and you do the races, and it's great. And it's I great still, mentally. Yeah. yeah, it's it's I, it's still something that I know when I am tipping over the edge and I feel like I'm losing control, I go for a run and I feel much better. It just opens up that time for me so I can think. Strength training, I feel is such a, I feel that every woman should do strength training. It's so empowering and it's so um, uplifting to your soul that it makes you it makes you fall in love with your body because you never thought you could lift something that heavy or go through that uh, and push yourself to do two more reps, just two more reps and you got it, one more set and you're done. And that sense of accomplishment that you feel inside is is in, in, insurmountable, I think. You can't, you can't put a price tag on it, so to speak. But to start to lift, and I'm not talking the five pounds and the two pounds, I'm talking lifting and throwing some weight around, really understanding how to lift and how to move your body, putting a barbell on your back when you're ready. You know, I'm not saying go do that, do it tomorrow, but understanding how to lift heavy and how that changes and shapes your body is mind blowing. 
So, so what is like the biggest lesson you learned from the gym? I mean, obviously mentally in terms of the confidence, uh, if you're able to pick up weight Mm -hmm. and, and I would say too, like picking it up efficiently Mm -hmm. and, and having that translate over into your regular life. Mm -hmm. Like if you need to pick up a box at home, like a lot of moms are, are, are keepers of the house, right? And which means that you're doing a lot of things around the house Sure. and being injury free is so important Mm because you have you know, lack of better word, you got shit to do, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I would say it just gives you a sense of um, accomplishment, a sense of confidence that that you can move your body in a way that you didn't think you could. And I would say the one thing that I that really stuck with me in weight training is I can handle anything else. If I can do that, I know I can do this at home. And I've I've done some home projects where I failed. I mean, the closets, I, I tried to put in closet doors and it didn't work for me. But it, I'm not afraid. We, we blame the doors. It's the doors fault. <laughs> I'm not afraid to not try it and to not do the research because I know I can do it. And if I can't do it, at least I'll learn and I'll be able to do it. At, you know, the right way. Well, and part of that mindset's built from all the trials that you've yeah. been through before. Mm-hmm. Like I've been on bed rest for six months. I can put in a door. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's not hard. Right. I've been through hard. Right. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. What about the, the physical changes compared to how your body was, how it felt, uh, how easy it was to, to maintain the physique that you wanted mm-hmm. when you were a runner mm-hmm. and just a runner compared to when you incorporated strength training? I would say when I was a runner, I would say I was the skinny fat that we talk about these days, that you're, you're thin, but you have no muscle tone. You know, um, and I would say once I started incorporating weightlifting, I, I could feel that I stood up a little taller in my five two frame. I could put my shoulders back, and I felt a little bit more confident. But I, I felt good in my own skin because it running is great. It's it's a it's a mind release for me. But weight training, it's 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 helps my body. It makes helps my body look the way I want it to look. It gives me that athletic toned look that I'm that I want. And and not to mention easier for you to maintain. Oh yeah, when you're weights, yeah, right? and it's it's a you know if I haven't lifted like you know I just got back from Chicago a couple of days and I'm like I just want to move I just want to pick up some weight and move because I haven't lifted in a couple of days that I had that itch that I needed to get back to, and it um it helps me function throughout my working with my clients um, doing home projects you know mm-hmm. gardening work you know everything uh, shoveling the driveway. You know, well, in setting you up, especially as a woman, you know, and as we as you age, you know, losing muscle density, losing Mm -hmm. bone density, Mm -hmm. you know, things that are important. And I get it. If you're in your 30s, 40s and 50s, it might not be something that you're necessarily concerned about. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you get around to like your 70s or your 80s and you fall and you break a hip? Right. And that's one thing I will say that my why has changed throughout the years that, you know, it was one because I, you know, wanted to physically look good, but now I want to make sure that I'm, my bones are stronger. I have more, you know, my muscle definition doesn't go away, that I'm able to still do the things that I do with my boys. And um, either way, it's, you know, practicing with a cross or going out runs with my oldest or whatever it might be, or going golfing, but I still want to feel, and I feel like I am still in my thirties physically, Hmm. You know, because I'm able to do some of those things. Well, and you're already being a 35 year old in in, in our run. So, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what I'm gathering from your story, which is just amazing, like, um, you know, your resiliency 
And I think just like your honest and openness about your struggles and, and and we all go through struggles, guys. And I think that was the whole point of having Andrea come on is explaining that you can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and just because you had a kid does not mean mm-hmm. that you can't make time for yourself. It does not mean that you can't get back a body that you want mm-hmm. to look at. And that you can find that sort of anchor mm-hmm. for yourself mm-hmm. and how it carries over, it bleeds over into your entire life. So would you say that this journey has helped you more mentally or physically or both and why? I would say this journey has helped me more mentally to uh, go through some of my um struggles that I've gone through in life, later on in life, so to speak, Uh, you know, going through a divorce, um, you know, starting over that type of thing. I would say that my, my workout, my, my devotion and my determination to keep this as a constant habit has proved that I can continue on outside of that. Okay. That's awesome. Anything else for those listeners who, who, or maybe are in your shoes right now or are, you know, contemplating how do I, how do I get on track and sure. how do I maintain this long term? Sure. It start, start small, start slow. You know, uh, you don't have to go out gangbusters, but one foot in front of the other, you can control that. You can take that time. If you have to put your child in a stroller, that's, you can do that. Put in your, you know, headphones, your earbuds, whatever it might be, put on a podcast, listen to a book, create that time for you so you can have a release and you will thank me down the road because all moms need that little time just to turn off the world. Excellent. Love it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. That was awesome. I know that makes you nervous, but um, but yeah, again, if you guys are in the same position that Andrea was in, even if it's not exactly 100% sure. similar and I wouldn't expect it to be, please reach out to us. Um, you know, having personal experience going through something like that um, helps us to walk you through it mm-hmm. and helps you to understand that you can get through it. You're you can do alone. it. You don't have to be alone. Exactly. You don't have to be alone at all. And anyone who tells you you can't do something, get rid of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no better way to say it. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.